Namaste hello and welcome you're listening to stories of india retold and i am your storyteller nivi with stories from india today's story is about yet another rakshasa this rakshasa was named bakka and the story in the mahabharata is from the episode which is named after him it is called bakka vadha parva vadha meaning to slay This is the story of how Bhima slayed a rakshasa named Bakka in order to save the lives of the family who was hosting them and to free the local people from his barbarity. The Pandavas left the town of Varanavata in secrecy after burning the lakh house to escape the assassination attempts by their cousin Duryodhana. From Varanavata they traveled far away through forests. Everywhere they were surrounded by beautiful landscapes as they walked through the areas of Matsya which is in present day Bharat in Rajasthan Trigartha which is in present day areas of Punjab and Himachal Pradesh Panchala present day Uttar Pradesh and Kichaka which was located south of Panchala In order to remain anonymous they often wore disguises They got rid of their rich royal clothes and dressed like ascetics wearing tree barks and deer skin and letting their hair grow long and matted Always they remained vigilant and if they ever suspected that they were at risk of being identified they left the place immediately and moved to the next place Their disguise also enabled them to connect with other ascetics and they made the most of the situation by continuing their education by learning more about topics like the Vedas, Vedangas and Niti Shastra or the study of moral conduct and ethics. Their attempts to remain undetected was quite successful, well, almost successful, because there was one person who was successful in finding out where they were living. This person was none other than their grandfather, Krishna Dwaipayana Vedavyasa. Vedavyasa came to visit the Pandavas. Not only did Vedavyasa want to see for himself how they were doing, but he also had some advice for his young grandsons. Both you and your cousins are precious to me. However, at this point in time, you are the weaker party. An elder's heart is always partial towards the young. especially so when they are also weak and so i wish to help you in any way i can there is a small town named ekachakra not far from here go there it is a beautiful town and you will be safe there he said and told them to meet his contact in the town who would make sure to give them a comfortable place to stay turning to kunti vedavyasa consoled her with the prediction that things will look better for them soon and that her sons were destined for great things with that and a promise to get in touch with them soon with more news vedavyasa left as per vedavyasa's advice the brothers went to ekachakra this is in present day birbhum district of west bengal state in eastern india there they lived with the brahmana and his family They had lived there long enough to develop a routine of sorts. They would explore the area, talk to the people there, and developed good relations with everyone around them. They had no source of income. The brothers, who were pretending to be ascetics, did what ascetics in those times normally practiced and went to different homes in the area to beg for alms. They brought back home all the food they collected for the day and gave it to their mother Kunti. 
who would divide the food into two halves. The first half for Bhimasena. The second half was further divided into five other parts equally for the rest of them. Each time they left home to collect arms, one of the Pandava brothers would always stay behind with their mother in order to give her company and to also keep her safe. One day, it was Bhima's turn to stay home with his mother while the rest of the brothers went out to collect arms. It was a very ordinary day and the mother and son were busy with various chores around the house when they were startled by the loud sounds of pain and distress coming from the Brahmana's house. It was clear to Kunti that something terrible had happened to the kind family that had given her family a safe place to stay. Kunti turned to Bhima. Something has happened. We should help them, she told him. Kunti and Bhima rushed inside the house to find the Brahmana, his wife, daughter and son huddled together, sobbing in distress. While overhearing the family's conversation, Kunti and Bhima learned that the Brahmana and his family were in a terrible situation. There was a Rakshasa named Baka who lived in the area. Baka required the citizens of the area to provide him with food and a human sacrifice and that day was their family's turn. The conversation was based around which family member would be the sacrifice. But the conversation was not just about that. It was filled with observations on the role of a husband, wife, father, mother and a daughter. The conversation gives us a good idea of what, at least what the Brahmin class, considered what values a family should abide by. The Brahmana's wife was born and raised in that house and was loath to leave her place because it was passed down to her from her late father and she was emotionally attached to it. So even though her husband had repeatedly suggested that they should move and settle down in a place where they would be better protected, the wife resisted the idea and insisted that they continue to live there. The Brahmana felt that because of his wife's emotional attachment, they made a bad decision to continue to stay in the area and now because of that, they were in danger. Voice filled with anguish, the Brahmana explained that he was in an impossible situation. He told his wife, You're my friend, my partner in life and in the duties in the running of the house. You are the mother of my children. You have been good to me and to all. I cannot sacrifice you. Our daughter is just a child still. In a few years, she should marry and have children. Our family will continue through the sons that she will have and that will make both me and my ancestors very happy. I love her just as much as I love my little son. She is young and innocent. I cannot sacrifice her. I am presented with such a cruel conundrum, he lamented. Because if I sacrifice myself, who will take care of the three of you when I'm gone? How will you survive without me? You will all die. What am I supposed to do? This is much too cruel. This is causing me so much suffering and anguish. I feel like I'm cursed. The wife sought to calm her husband even through her tears and sobs. I will go, she told him. I have fulfilled my duties as wife by providing you with a daughter and a son. It will be okay for me to leave this life now. You can support and take care of our children, something I will be unable to do. If you are gone, I will be a widow. How will I support our children? 
how will I protect them? Soon your daughter will be of an age for marriage. Who will protect her from the predatory men? Who will protect me when I am a helpless widow? Who will help our son tread the right and virtuous path? If I have to die, so be it. You are a man, so you can remarry, and as a woman, I cannot. You should marry again and live a good life. But, she continued, maybe the Rakshasa won't kill me. Because he knows about Dharma too, and Dharma forbids anyone from killing a woman. Maybe he will show mercy. Listening to her parents' grievous words, the daughter begged her parents to stop being so sad. Why do you worry when you have me? According to Dharma, you will have to abandon me at some point. Why don't you abandon me now and in the process save the entire family? I know our ancestors hoped to have a son by me so that our line is continued and there is always someone to offer funeral cakes to our ancestors. By saving my father and my brother, I will be doing exactly that. If you die, I will lead a terrible life. Instead, sacrifice me and live a happy, healthy life and I will happily watch from the heavens. Hearing their daughter's heartfelt words, the parents wept even harder. The young son watched his parents and sisters with worry. Don't worry, he told them with a comforting smile. He picked up a blade of grass from the ground. I'm going to kill the Rakshasa with this, he declared. This prompted laughter on the tear-stained faces. Kunti found the opening she sought and she entered the room. Please, tell me what has happened. We will help you in any way we can, she said. I thank you for your kind offer, but there is no escape for us, the Brahmana said sadly. There is a Rakshasa who lives nearby. His name is Baka. Our king lives in Vitrakiyagriha. He is weak and incompetent. We have no one to protect us here and the king cannot be bothered. So, the Rakshasa protects us and keeps us safe from the enemies and invaders. In return, he demands that the citizens should provide him with a supply of a cartload of rice and two buffaloes. Not only that, he also eats the man who brings the supplies to him. If a man tries to escape when it is his turn, the Rakshasa will punish him by eating his entire family. He is too powerful to be defeated by mere mortals. It is now my turn. There is nothing we can do. I will go to him with my entire family. That way, we need not be miserable. Kunti told him that he should let her sons handle the situation. The Brahmana initially turned down her offer of help, saying that he could not knowingly put his guests in danger. But Kunti insisted, saying that she had witnessed the power of her son's strength. Kunti convinced the Brahmana to allow her son to go to the Rakshasa instead of him. When Yudhisthira came back and learned about the task Kunti had asked Bhima to do, he was livid. What have you done? he asked her. How could you so easily send your son to face such danger? That too for someone else's sake. Do you not realize how dangerous it can be? Do you not realize that Bhima is the reason we are alive today and without his brave acts, we would not have survived this long? Have you lost your mind? You need to calm down, Kunti warned her son. I know how strong Bhima is. 
I have seen his acts of bravery with my own eyes. That is the reason I know he can take care of himself and will not be harmed by the Rakshasa. The man we are helping provided us with a safe place when we needed it. It is only right that we pay him back by helping him in times when he needs it the most. I was completely within reason to offer him our help. It is our dharma, Kunti declared. You are right, mother. I spoke in haste. Yudhishthira agreed with Kunti. Bhima can defeat the Rakshasas and it is the right thing to do. However, best tell the Brahmana to keep this whole business a secret. Otherwise, we will be found out, he warned. The following day, Bhima took the cartload of food and supplies and headed to the forest where the Rakshasa Bhaka lived. Bhima parked the cart and yelled out Bhaka's name. He then proceeded to eat the food meant for Bhaka. Bhaka was already enraged by the fact that someone dared to call out his name so rudely, but when he saw that the man was also brazenly eating the food meant for him, he was utterly furious. You dare eat my food, you stupid person, he yelled. Bhima spared the big bully barely a glance. He noticed that the Rakshasa was powerfully built and seemed agile. He was also clearly angry. Bhima smirked and returned his attention to the food in front of him. Just as Bhima had hoped, this made Bakka even more furious. He grabbed a nearby tree and pulled it out of the ground and hurled it over to Bhima. Bhima deflected it and continued to focus on his food. Once he was done eating, he slowly washed his hands. All the while, Bakka stood in his rage towards a mere man who wasn't afraid of him and was seemingly unhurt from his blows. Bakka threw another tree at Bhima and Bhima caught it easily. Bhima too started to hurl trees back at Bakka. Bakka grabbed Bhima and started to wrestle. They continued to wrestle, but after some time, Bakka started to get tired and exhausted. When Bhima sensed that Bakka had tired, he used all his might to tackle Bakka down to the ground and then pinned him there, placing his knee on his back. Bhima grabbed his loincloth and neck and pulled Bakka's body apart. Bakka roared in pain, and in the next instant, he was dead. Members of Bakka's family who lived nearby came to the scene and saw that Bakka was dead. Bhima saw that they were confused by what they saw. He spoke to them and urged them to be peaceful. Bakka is now dead. I will let you all go on the condition that you will not kill and eat humans anymore. He told them and they agreed. From then on, the Rakshasas of Ekachakra lived in peace and harmony with the rest of the citizens. Bhima dragged Bakha's body to the village gates and left it there. When the villagers woke up the next day, they were shocked to see that the terrible Rakshasa was dead. The villagers rejoiced and celebrated the evil Rakshasa's death. They were finally free and they wanted to know who was responsible for the heroic act of killing the Rakshasa. When they questioned the Brahmana about it, he admitted that it was his family's turn to take food to Bhaka. He claimed that a brave Brahmana who was passing by offered to take care of the Rakshasa for him. I don't know the identity of the brave Brahmana, he lied. 
In this way, the grateful Brahmana told the people about the hero who had saved them all from misery without revealing Bhima's identity. This is the story of how Bhima slayed the Rakshasa Baka and freed the people of Ekachakra, a place the Pandavas had lived for some time while they were in hiding. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed the stories here on this podcast, please consider sharing it with your friends and family. As always, find the links for the podcasts in the show notes. I hope to see you here next time. Dhanyavada. Thank you.